music marks the times of our lives, reminds us of days gone by, and inspires today's and tomorrow's hits. Hi, I'm Dee Dwayne, and welcome to The Real Deal, spotlighting the best music and the biggest artists of yesterday, providing an insight of just what made them so great. In the fall of 1976, one of the hottest movies and movie soundtrack albums were released. Car Wash not only broke ground in the movie industry, but it also established the band Rolls-Royce as a hit-making R&B funk machine. But this Rolls-Royce story starts off with former Motown producer Norman Whitfield. Songwriter and producer Norman Whitfield was best known for his work on Motown during the 1960s. He has been credited as one of the creators of the Motown sound and was an instrumental figure in the development of the late 1960s subgenre known as psychedelic soul. During his career, Norman Whitfield co-wrote and produced many enduring hits for various Motown artists, including Ain't Too Proud to Beg, I Heard It Through the Grapevine, Cloud Nine, I Can't Get Next to You, War, Just My Imagination, and Papa Was a Rolling Stone. He produced eight albums for The Temptations between 1969 and 1973. He started his own label, Whitfield Records, in 1975, which led him into signing a Los Angeles-based band known as Total Concept Unlimited. The original brand comprised of Henry Gardner, Terry Santiel, Laquint Duke Job, Michael Moore, Kenji Brown, Freddie Dunn, Victor Nix, and Kenny Copeland on trumpet and lead vocals. The group began in the early 1970s and eventually toured England and Japan as a backup band for Motown soul star Edwin Starr. It was Edwin Starr who introduced them to Norman Whitfield. During a stop in Miami, Undisputed Truth leader Joe Harris noticed a singer named Gwen Dickey, who was then a member of a local group called The Jewels. Joe Harris informed Norman Whitfield of his discovery and Gwen Dickey was flown to Los Angeles to audition. In Gwen Dickey, Norman found the missing ingredient he was looking for, a charismatic female singer who he gave the stage name Rose Nowalt. With the original band lineup now complete, they prepared to record their first debut album. During this time, Norman Whitfield was contacted by film director Michael Schultz. Now, Michael Schultz offered Norman Whitfield the opportunity to score his next motion picture, Car Wash. Norman didn't want to do it at first, but he realized that this would be an opportunity to help him launch his new group. He began composing music based on the script outlines. He and the band visited the film set, soaking up the atmosphere and capturing ideas for the music. The band's name was changed to Rolls Royce, and the name not only referred to the movie's automotive theme, but it also placed Gwen Rose Dickey front and center. Further, it hinted a touch of class that the band strove to bring to 1970s soul and funk. I recently spoke to trumpeter and lead vocalist Kenny Copeland in a telephone interview as he discussed the beginning of the band. Uh, were you in a group, uh, Kenny, back in the, uh, the Norman Whitfield days? Oh, uh, from the very beginning. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> so how long has it been? What, 25, 30 years? Um, been more like 40 years, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Oh, because, uh, I, I actually started the group. We were, we were under different names. And I just started picking up people one by one. Like a couple of uh, of us grew up on the same street, went to the same high school, elementary school, and junior uh -huh. high school. Uh -huh. So, so we were the nucleus, and then we start uh, pulling more people in until we got to uh, 
uh, the amount we needed for the uh, for the band. Right. Okay. So how many members in the group uh, these days? How many guys are in the band? Well, it's nine of us on stage, but it's only uh, five original. Uh-huh. Uh, original members. And, uh, you know, if you check with a lot of people, that that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty quiet on stage. Yeah, yeah. And that's because, you know, uh, most of our, we, we grew up together, so there's a bond there besides doing uh, uh, business and music. Right, right. And then you got the female singer, right? Who's who's singing lead for you for the? Oh, uh, Yvette Cook. Uh, she's Yvette the, uh, Cook. Yeah, she's been with us about five or six years now. Okay, okay. What was it like working with Norman Whitfield? Oh, uh, that's that. That was the uh, the mentor, the father, the teacher, everything you can name. He actually is very responsible. We're very responsible for getting us started. Uh-huh. Uh Because you know we started out uh, being the backup backup band for Edwin Starr. Right, and uh, and as you know, Norman Whitfield produced two big songs on Edwin Star War and Stop the War. Uh huh. Yeah, so uh, we started playing with Edwin. We were his backup band for about three to four years, and Norman uh, just took a liking to us. He would just follow us around, come to the shows, and eventually he said, "Listen, it's okay playing behind Edwin, but I'm quite sure you guys are gonna want to be your own artists and and do your own thing." And of course. At that time, we were 18, 19 years old. We said, yeah, that's what we want to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I hear you. From there, history started being made. You know, he started calling some of us in the studio uh, to uh, do sessions for different artists who he was already working with, like the Temptations, right. the Stops, and everybody. So he would, whenever he had an opportunity, he would uh, tell one of us to come in, because I'm a trumpet player as well as a singer. Matter of fact, uh-huh. I was a trumpet player first. <laughs> right, right. And uh, so that's how we, uh, you know, got with uh, Norman, and we just started building from there.
Released in late 1976, the soundtrack featured three R&B top 10 singles, Car Wash, I Want to Get Next to You, and I'm Going Down. The first of these was also a number one single on the popular music charts, and I Want to Get Next to You reached number 10. The group's follow-up album, Rolls Royce 2 in Full Bloom, produced two top 10 singles, Do Your Dance and Ooh Boy. It also included Wishing on a Star, which was a top 10 hit in the United Kingdom. Now your biggest hit was Car Wash, right? Uh, yes, that was, the, uh, that was the biggest hit. Now, my favorite song is Love Don't Live Here Anymore. Well, that was another one. <laughs> but okay. but sales-wise, I think Car Wash outdid it. Well, outdid it. But my, my question to you would, would be, which, what is your favorite song to perform? And your repertoire. Uh, uh, my favorite song to perform uh, uh, is, is Car Wash One, and then there's another song we did that was a top ten hit called Do Your Dance. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That was a big song. It, it really featured a lot of the uh, players and the instruments, and I and everybody always called that that's that's Rose Royce's personal song. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nobody else don't like it. We like it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that one up. Yeah, man. That was a, it was it was it was a top ten hit. They don't. It's not, it doesn't get played as much as it did years ago, but when it first came out, it's, it, it stayed uh, number one for quite a while. Look it up.
1978, they released their third album titled Rolls Royce 3 Strikes Again. And it featured the songs I'm in Love and I Love the Feeling and Love Don't Live Here Anymore. Now, both songs entered the R&B Top 5. Love Don't Live Here Anymore was a number two smash hit in the UK and would later gain greater exposure through its cover versions, most notably by Madonna in 1995. Now, Kenny is all for other artists performing their songs, and he went on to mention that he has a tendency to remind audiences who really originated this music. I have a tendency uh, on our shows to remind the audience especially the uh, younger or generation of who actually made these songs. I mean, a couple of people, you know, as you know, Mary J. Blige did I'm Going Down. Right. And she did a real good job, I must admit. Uh, uh, Beyonce did Wishing on a Star. Madonna did Love Don't Live Anymore. So wow. I, I, I have to always remind these young people who who, who originally <laughs> made those songs. And they get a kick out of that too, you know. Uh, when I when I tell them that, I say the OGs made that song. Don't y'all forget that. Put that in your history book. <laughs> uh huh. Absolutely. Now, um, what's your what's your favorite venue? Your favorite city when you're on tour? What's do you, do you have a favorite city? Oh man, it, it's it's so many that that'd be so hard to say because uh, you know we travel abroad too. I would say one of my favorite places. Uh, uh, to perform, uh, we did a, a tour with Casey and the Sunshine Band, uh, Delma Houston, and a couple other people. But uh, I really enjoyed uh, uh, performing over there in Australia. Yeah. That, that, I would say that's one of my favorite uh, places to go. We haven't been in many, many years, but uh, it, was, it was really nice. Uh, do you guys ever go to Japan or China or anything like that? Asian? Uh, we we've been to Japan a few times. Uh, we have never been to uh, China. Uh, you know, we kind of working on that, uh, but that's one place, uh, one place that we haven't, uh, haven't ventured into. What amazes me, Kenny, and like I said, I'm not going to keep it, I'm going to keep this short, but what amazes me is when, um, a band like Rolls Royce goes overseas and I, and I look at the audience and they they know all the words. And that, 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 you know, I'm going to tell you something that, that amazes me. And the other funny part about that. A lot of the people that come to those shows, they wasn't even born when the songs came out, and 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 uh, and they know all of the words. But the culture over there is is, is a little bit different from here. They kind of treasure, uh, you know, uh, older stuff and stuff uh-huh. that made a mark. Right. Uh, more so, I think United States is a little spoiled because we got so many entertainers that do so many things, and you know, between the younger generation and older generation. But over there. These people can tell you the history of the music, the history wow. about yourself. They know more stuff about you than you know. Wow. <laughs> I mean, they, they they do a lot of reading over there. And, and I would say when you perform over there, uh, they read those posters and newspaper ads more so than they listen uh, to the radio. Because here, a lot of times, if, if something is not on the radio, people don't even know that you're there. Yeah, because exactly. They don't read it. But people over there are advocate readers. They just... My post up there, no. So uh, that's interesting. I found that to be interesting. It is very interesting, you know, because uh, like I said, when I see concerts over there, and these guys, I can see the audience singing the words back to the group, and I'm like, these people don't know English. They don't understand. Oh man, they know. The only, the only part that's a little disturbing, but but it's rewarded at the end. No matter what you do during the song. They, they a lot of them don't show any emotion, so you don't know if you making them happy or not. But at the end <laughs> of the song, 
they stand give you a standing ovation. And you said, Wow, I didn't know you guys Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. just sitting there. Yeah, it's exactly. like taught that don't respond until the song is over. That that <laughs> seemed the way they, they, they respond. Since you've been away, boy, I ain't got no plans. No, 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 no. And the sound of the rain against my window pane is slowly, slowly driving me insane. Boy, I'm going. The group followed that album with a series of modest successes that reached the charts but never quite gained the status that their previous songs did. Gwen Dickey left the group in April of 1980 and the group temporarily disbanded. 
The remaining members regrouped and adjusted the lineup and kept the group popular in the UK where they remained the marquee attraction. Dickie now performs as a solo artist in the United Kingdom, but she did mention during an interview that she wouldn't mind performing with the group once again. 
Now, you know, I just had to ask Kenny about any new music or upcoming projects. Are there any plans for any new music from Rolls Royce? Uh, matter of fact, one of my attorneys uh, called me today, and uh, there's a guy that uh, that we that he want me to collaborate with uh, uh, with some songs and all with a possible uh, new record deal. So uh-huh. I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed on that. But we have a lot of stuff uh, 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 material in the can. Uh, but you know, of course, as time goes, you have to update it. And uh-huh. make sure make sure that you stay uh, current. But it's definitely it's definitely plans for new new material. My name is D. Dwayne, and you're listening to the Real Deal as we present the music and the story of Rolls Royce. Okay, let's just see how much you really know about Rolls Royce. Here are five things that you, as well as I, probably didn't even know about Rolls Royce. Number one, they started out as a backup band for Edwin Starr. You know Edwin Star War. What is it good for? Yeah, that guy. Originally known as Total Concept Unlimited, in 1973, they secured a gig with Edwin Starr, who had a big hit with the song called War. He, they were his backup band, and they toured with him and traveled to England and Japan. It was Edwin Starr who introduced them to Norman Whitfield. Number two, they found their singer, Gwen Dickey, only because she just happened to be performing in Miami when they stopped there while on tour. While Undisputed Troop was on tour in Miami, band leader Joe Harris became aware of the local group called The Jewels and their singer Gwen Dickey. Mr. Harris told Norman Whitfield about it and Norman Whitfield flew Gwen Dickey out to Los Angeles to audition and guess what, the rest is history. Number three, Norman Whitfield wrote the soundtrack to Car Wash while the film was being made. Now in most instances, soundtracks aren't written until after at least a rough cut of the film is completed so that the composer has something to see while they're trying to write the songs. Well, in this instance, Norman Whitfield started working on the songs based on the script outlines and then he and the band visited the set to get more of a feel of the film that way. It was also worth noting that the first original draft of the song Car Wash was written on a fast food fried chicken bag. (laughs) Number four. The song Wishing on a Star was originally written for Barbara Streisand. Mm-hmm. The song's composer, Billy Ray Calvin, wrote the song with the idea that Barbara Streisand could sing the song and perform it perfectly. However, it was Norman Whitfield who decided to use it for Rolls Royce instead. Number five, songwriter Miles Gregory's wife inspired the song Love Don't Live Here Anymore. Now, actually, it was Gregory's wife leaving him that inspired the song which is pretty sad to begin with, but when you find out that the title came from a phrase that she has scrawled on the bathroom mirror with a lipstick, it's enough to make you break down and cry. The song eventually became a top 40 hit on the Hot 100 and went to number five on the R&B chart. It climbed all the way to number two in the United Kingdom. I'm sure Miles Gregory cried all the way to the bank. (laughs) My name is Dee Dwayne and you're listening to The Real Deal. Love Don't Live Here Anymore is a song written by Miles Gregory and produced by Norman Whitfield. Lead vocals were sung by Gwen Dickey and the song was released as the second single from their third studio album, Rolls Royce 3 Strikes Again. Love Don't Live Here Anymore incorporated the use of the electronic Lynn drum machine and was one of the first songs to effectively use sound reverbs on that instrument. My name is Dee Dwayne as we feature the band Rolls Royce on The Real Deal. I'm
I must admit, I'm a big fan of Rolls Royce, and one of my favorite songs by them is Wishing on a Star. Wishing on a Star is a slow ballad written by Undisputed Truth member Billy Ray Calvin and produced by Norman Whitfield. The lyrics concern a woman longing for the return of an ex-lover so that they can resume the relationship. The original version of Wishing on a Star was not a big hit in the U.S., 
peaking at number 52 on the Hot R&B chart. Despite this, the song was played every Saturday at 12 noon on KISS 108 in Boston for over two decades. The song was a big hit also in the United Kingdom, reaching number three in March of 1978. I'm wishing on a star to follow where you are. I'm wishing on a dream.
And finally, here comes another hit written and produced by Norman Whitfield. I Wanna Get Next to You was released in 1976 and was the third single from the Car Wash soundtrack. The song has also become a staple on oldies radio and adult contemporary stations. The song became Rolls Royce's second top 10 single on the Hot 100, peaking at number 10 and reaching number 3 on the Hot Soul chart. The song also was successful worldwide, becoming their second top 40 hit in the United Kingdom, peaking at number 14 on the UK singles chart.
Rolls-Royce has enjoyed 45 years of success, a long list of iconic hits that will last forever, an amazing career, and they're still going strong. They are truly in a class all by themselves, and they have established fans all over the world. They're still touring, writing, and recording. This is what makes Rolls-Royce the real deal. I would like to thank founder, trumpet player, and band leader, Kenny Copeland, for allowing and participating in our interview. Thank you to B.K. Osborne, Marcus Wildstyle, Carl Copeland, Roberto Joran for your support and assistance behind the scenes. And most of all, I'd like to thank you, our listeners, who love and enjoy good music for your love, loyalty, and inspiration. My name is Dee Wayne, and thank you for listening. The Real Deal is produced by Melody Productions, and we welcome your comments and ideas for future shows. We'd love to hear from you, so click that Contact Us button on this website and drop us a line. Always keep it real, and thanks again for listening to The Real Deal. <laughs>